Órale. Hello. <coughs> Hello, good evening, good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to the Dos Uno special Taco Tuesday edition podcast. Yes, at least for this episode, we have decided to, well, at least I've decided to change the name from the Dos Acero Football Podcast to the Dos Uno Podcast in light of what we saw on Veterans Day last Friday in Columbus, Mexico, winning 2-1 to over the U.S. and getting three points, more importantly, in World Cup qualifying, the first game of the Hex. And then, of course, Mexico was able to get another point tonight in Panama City after a very tense uh, and uneventful game down in Panama. But glad to have you guys with us tonight. Uh, apologize for the delay in, 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 in getting going, but we are finally here, and I'm glad that you guys are with us. We're live on YouTube, so please feel free to join us on the chat uh, we will be posting a telephone number, so we would like uh, y'all to participate in our conversations and discussions. So please, uh, once that number is posted, we will uh, be very, very happy to uh, have you guys join us on the call. My name is John Jagu. I live in Austin, Texas. Uh, actually, right now I live in Lakeway, Texas, just west of Austin. And with us this evening out in, uh, oh my God, out in... Kyle, Texas, which I just drove through actually not a little while ago to get back here to, from San Antonio with us out in the southern reaches of Travis County. We have Albert Chiquiscampa. Albert, how are you, sir? Hey, John. Doing good. Glad to have you with us. Uh, did you uh, enjoy the uh, Friday night match? Yeah, that was a, that was a pretty good game. It was very entertaining. You know, that's the, you know, one thing that folks need to remember is that, uh, you know, it, it, it is above all else entertainment. And that particular game was very entertaining. Not unlike what we saw tonight in Panama, which, uh, frankly, was not entertaining at all. It was kind of just dull and listless and not, uh, not, not a, not a good, uh, showcase for what, uh, the sport of soccer can be. But we're glad to have you with us, Albert. We'll be uh, discussing the, that and many other topics, I'm sure, as the show progresses. Thanks for joining us. <clears throat> yeah. Over in uh, the music stinks in Escondido, California, where I'm sure it was a lovely 73 degrees today. We have with us uh, Daniel Preciado. Daniel, how are you? Doing good, John. Happy with the result. Happy with the with the four points. Yeah, man, I'm I'm I'm, I'm stoked. Well, it's the first time since uh, probably, I guess it would be the 2005 hex that Mexico's had such a uh, a pretty reasonable start. Well, it'll be nice you know, they... to be a little bit bored without the speculation of getting a new coach for however long uh, the next game is. You know, and that's something we'll have to talk about, Dan, because I mean, at least I know I know that I my my position was that uh, that he had to that Osorio had to at least. I think my minimum was he had to have two points. You know, he, he probably needed to get at least three in, in order for him to survive, and he obviously did that. And uh, he, he uh, uh, gets to see the new year while still wearing the uh, that fancy schmancy uh, suit with the pretty little green badge that everyone seems to like to wear and the little ties with the little logos on there as well. So he'll get to yeah. do that. 
for another for another few months. Over in Phoenix, Arizona, we have with us. Uh, looks like we have. Oh my god, other uh, two of him. Two Fernandos. I don't know. If we, we can barely handle one Fernando. I don't know if we can handle two Fernandos, but uh, <laughs> we do have uh, uh, Fernando Regino is joining us from. Are you in Phoenix proper, or are you in like in Prescott or Surprise or Scottsdale or Glendale? Or... I'm actually with the homies at uh, at South Phoenix now. So I used to be in Surprise. I used to be in Surprise okay. not too long ago, but now I'm in Phoenix. So in South Phoenix, is, is it, is it, is it? Aquí donde nos dan de comer. Nos dan de comer. Hello? Hello? That's the last connection, right? We lost John. Are we still live? Yeah. yeah. Still live. We can we can introduce our last dude, brother Joel. Hey, hello. Hello, hello chickies. I was uh, remembering uh, what John said about the last time Mexico had a good start. And uh, yeah, I was in the lead up to the to the World Cup in Germany with uh, with the Volpe as coach, and Mexico started off with six points. Uh, they beat they beat Costa Rica, which was their first game. It was away, and then they they hosted the U.S. at home at home for uh, another win. So that was so it's good. It's good to be you know. It's been a while since. Since we got a positive start, you get to enjoy it at least. You know, it's a, it's a coincidence. No, I don't think it's a coincidence that from one great coach to another, we get a great start in the hex. And that 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 Costa Rica game was like uh, it, it had been a while before uh, Mexico had won a game in Saprissa or wherever they're playing, and uh, and they went out there and surprised everyone sort of with that win. Yeah. I remember Lionel uh, scored a free kick. Yeah, they, like a spin. They, they surprised the, the FMF as well because uh, it was some of the directivos admitted later that uh, they were already had they already had La, La Volpe's replacement. They were just waiting for him to lose to lose that one away game, and he proved them wrong. What a great man! <clears throat> and Jimmy Lozano scored that one goal, and then. Uh, <coughs> I guess on the other side of the coin, U.S. loses four zero to Africa. I don't think this is going to last any longer. Why do you think that, Fernando? Well, losing, losing their iconic, historic venue two to zero, and then now four zero Costa Rica. I don't think he has much time left. That's uh, that. Actually, I think from both losses, I think the one from Costa Rica, I think is the worst. Four zero. That's that puts him at the bottom of the hex right now. Now it does put him at the bottom of the hex, but where is it going to put him in relation to the uh, the narrative of the twenty four hour sports news cycle tomorrow? Is it going to be at the very top? 
Well, I don't think they're going to mention it. <laughs> no, so I'm, saying, I'm being serious. So you're saying yeah. that, that that this loss, um, since it isn't going to garner that much attention, his job is probably still secure? Dude, I didn't even see nothing about the Mexico game on Friday night or anything like that. I was surprised. I was like, wow. You know, all I saw was on Univision. They're still, in a, they're still in a bubble. And I saw a tweet today where uh, Gulati had a statement saying that they're not going to make any quick decisions, but they're going to talk with Klinsman and decide on what to do. So it seems like there's some hinting that, you know, they might do something, make some type of change. Or... Beto, is there a safety pin on your logo? So who would they, who would they, who would they pick? If, I mean, let's, let's say, for instance, that it, that it did happen. It's not going to happen, but but say it did happen. <laughs> who who would uh, in contenders to to take to John, take the gig? John, at the top of my head, they have Bruce Arena. That's what I was going to say. He's coaching the 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 biggest team in the league, or the most popular anyway. I, I, and now, you're talking you about something. It would be, somebody you just want to plug in that knows uh, how knows how to play the American way. And, and yeah. he has landed. So he would, has have landed. Be, would have to be a bombero. Would, would, would Arena be a bombero then, or, or would they would they go for like a, a uh, guy who has more of a long term vision, like Pareja? Hey, John, John, he would be the bombero, and he has he has landed on his, you know, playing are we gonna, for him. Are we going to be scaring away our audience right now since we're talking about the U.S. instead of Mexico? <laughs> no, I think it's, it's a very valid topic. I mean, you know, not on. actually, the, I think. I think most most Mexican fans are enjoying the what yeah, happened it, to the U.S. It is absolutely relevant. Yes, it is. There is a a certain notion of 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 uh, there's uh, some feelings of catharsis, I'm sure, for a lot of folks right now. Enjoying this for you know for for, for, for many reasons, you know, you know, but mainly the the fact that as as Joel mentioned as we were preparing for the show that uh, the U.S. frankly just. At least in, in in the hex era has never I mean other than, other than the very first one, they've really never had to suffer that much in in, in qualifying. And uh, yeah, since since they've been consistently qualifying, which I'll, I'll say um, since going from the '98 on up, they've they've had like just better time than Mexico overall. Yeah, overall, I mean, '98 was the only one where they had to you know they, they had to wait to the last uh, the last date to qualify. Ever since then, and they've they've been able to qualify like on match day seven or match day eight. Nice luxury to have. So, so you guys think it would be Arena who would who would come in? If heaven forbid, Sunil decides to. Not often worry about Sunil. You know, he and, and and Chuck Blazer were 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 best buddies. Somehow, Sunil has 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 escaped the. Uh, uh, the the blazer bloodbath, I guess I would I, 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 I would put it at that. Not, I'm not or anything, but I, I always thought that was very interesting. That you know, for for guys that were as tight as they were, you would think that there might have uh, you know some splatter might have gone on Sunil, but it didn't look like it did the other day. Now, I personally think uh, 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 just because I've, I've met him and I've seen the way he operates and, and what he's been able to accomplish. But that Oscar Badeja would be a terrific choice. But I think that you guys are right, though. I think that what they would need right now is someone to come in and 
within and, most of the region, and right? Up the leaky boats. Pardon me. I, I think that gives him an edge that he knows the region. He's, he's he does not. He, and you know, and the the trend is that you know in Concacaf, I mean, the only way you can qualify for the World Cup is if you have a Colombian coach, and Oscar is is Colombian, so <laughs> you know he, it would be he would be what the fifth the fifth Colombian coach to, to coach in Concacaf, and the because Costa Rica has one, Honduras has one, Mexico. I think does Panama have one? Thomas is Colombian, so yeah, he would be the fifth one. He would be the fifth Colombian coach. In the hex, if, if Oscar Pareja got the gig. Hey, shouldn't it be us supplying the coaches for the region? Well, Joel, that's a very interesting topic. I would It would be if, terrific if Mexico was able to supply the, the coaches for the region. But, you know, we look at all the, uh, you know, the young Mexican coaches that are, that are, that are coming up the ranks. And I can think of two. You know, and 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 Chiquis Tocayo. Yeah, because we, I mean, we had the Los Cobos at one point with El Salvador and uh, Bora. Even though he wasn't born in Mexico, I still consider him very Mexican. And he's coach U.S. in Costa Rica. Uh, but I think we've had quality of coaches to to be able to, you know, oh, yeah. have more influence in the region. Uh, I know, what you know who I think tried? would be a, who would love to coach the U.S. team, and I think that if 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 the U.S. made the offer, I think he would take it. Are you going to say uh, Vasco Aguirre? No, sir. No, he he already he already he he coaches a de facto American team right now, anyway. Oh, Piojo, Piojo. Piojo oh man. Piojo supposed to be Mexico's plan B, so he might not want to leave. He's our, it does make perfect sense. So but I, this, I think but the vacancy would... that that he may have been waiting for may have yeah, may have closed. Right. Yeah. So which, I, which vacancy? The well, the Mexico that's... coaching. Oh, sorry. No, do, do, do you not yeah, do you yeah. not follow the, Mexico? The, 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 <laughs> It's been delayed. Yeah, no, there's been a stay. A bad confederación is is, is all it takes, man. The governor called at 11.59 with 15 seconds. Joel. (laughs) I don't think a bad confederación will will do anything. Neither do I. It's a 7-0 for the first three games, yeah. But I don't think... But but Beto, confederaciones is the last time we're going to play... Uh, against top opposition in the meaningful matches, official games. So, I mean, it, it's sort of like a World Cup preview. So, the, yeah, I think FMF will flip if they see a really bad, you know, if they see a bad tournament, they're going to they're gonna lose confidence for uh, – they're going to – Well, yeah, I, I clearly I don't think his job is, a, is, is guaranteed, but you're talking about a, a pretty poor uh, showing – I don't know. No, if, yeah, yeah. If, I don't know. Yeah, it would, if, it would if, have uh, to be poor. You, you're right. I don't right. know if the team has has it, it in them to to are you to repeat for a that. Show? It sure sounds like it. No, no. I'm saying that's the possibility. <laughs> that's not what I'm asking you. I'm asking you if you're rooting for it. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like it. 
Just checking. Just checking. No, I mean, I'm, I'm being dead serious about Piojo. I think, you know, I think, you know, if, 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 let's just say if the phone rang, I'm sure he would listen. And if an offer came, I'm sure he would entertain it. He didn't he have an offer from South America or? I think he's not so sure. If the, if the national team calls, he's going to drop everything and go. I think he stated that in an interview. Which national but, team? So he's like anxious. He's ready to do it, whatever. Keith, would you uh, give us the number? Uh, I know you posted it, but uh, I had to restart my little program here a few times. I was having issues. Yeah, the, the number to call in is 724-707-3826. And the pin after you dial that is one three one one eight. For anyone that wants, we're writing that down. I tweeted it also, and I put it in the uh, chat, which is a little bit active going on right now. Well, people, I got a message on on the Twitter asking me if we were going to change the name, and I think that you know at least at least for this evening. I know that we're in, in discussions about changing it permanently. Um, but uh, certainly, you know, would 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 absolutely consider. Uh, you know, we, we've 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 put out feelers about changing the possibility to change the name before. That's something that we we'll have to do it again. But uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. Let's let's go ahead and jump into the U.S. game because I think that that was obviously the game that most people that I'm sure listening right now would, would like us to talk about. And uh, so let's, uh, let's jump right in. I mean, uh, you know, just, you know, right off the top, the fact that uh, happened even before the game even started, you know, one, Osorio called an extremely strong team. I believe the strongest, uh, a stronger team of Copa America without question. And uh, the second thing was, is that the, uh, the, the organization and the planning was actually uh, well thought out and well executed. The European player, you know, everyone flew directly to Columbus. They didn't have to go to Mexico City, so they didn't have that extra six or seven hours, you know, that extra night of, 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 of not being able to train. So everybody made it to Columbus by Monday, and they were there the whole week. Obviously put in a lot of good work. The first uh, 20, 30 minutes, you know, despite the fact of what, you know, the people saying about, well, the U.S., they came, you know, they came out this well. Mexico came out and took it to them, and frankly, we're very unlucky to not leave Beelin at halftime 2, 3, even 4 nothing. It just they had a couple of posts that they hit, and it just, uh, in my opinion, just completely overwhelmed the U.S. And despite the fact that the U.S., you know, made their their, their adjustment, you know, Mexico have completely dominated the game into it in the second half. But Mexico was able to get the goal and, uh, you know, exercise those demons. Uh, first time they'd beaten the U.S. in a qualifier, uh, since, uh, were, well, at least, uh, hadn't been born yet. And, uh, it's, uh, whether or not they, they played, uh, there was, uh, a period where they didn't play and that's true. But, you know, the, the, the reality is it had been over 40 years since Mexico had won a qualifier against the U.S. in Big, big win for Mexico. They get three points. You know, they, they couldn't have asked for a better way to start the Hex. Juan Carlos Osorio, um, you know, obviously, whatever he'd done in that game, you know, by putting uh, Chicharito and, and Giovanni, you know, you know, players, uh, Joel, that you've been asking for for 
players that have chemistry with each other. I mean, it was it was palpable. It was noticeable that the players knew what the other players were going to do most of the time, and 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 they executed very well. And and then they were able to get the result they wanted. They were able to beat the U.S. and Columbus, and then send the U.S. into apparently a really nasty tailspin, in which the U.S. has, uh, frankly, was uh, unable to recover out of in down in Costa Rica tonight. So, is this, uh, you know, as far as uh, wins for Osorio, you know, I know that people said, well, you know, the, the, even despite the seven-zero, that this was really. Did he pass that test? Go ahead. Uh, no, I, I think it's two different things. Just CONCACAF, it's its own. Qualifying is just a whole different so, beast. So you have decided to move the goalposts yet again? <laughs> no, I just, I don't think we could compare the level of tournaments. Uh, you know, I think what's expected of Mexico in the long run is how they perform against top tier clubs uh, because in the region even even if we've suffered none of the teams can come close to what Mexico has achieved so so I think when when uh, you know for a lot of fans that were harsh on Osorio is because we care more for how the team does against you know in, in tournaments like Copa America and the World Cup or when playing against you know Chile, Brazil and, and those type of teams you know, so you could do very good at CONCACAF. It's not going to matter much for us once we get to that tournament and and we can't uh, we can't perform to the same level. Well, what about versus Uruguay? Isn't that a top tier team? To me, that well, I'm not trying to bring up both stuff, but to me, that was poorly played game. But I think. We're going forward now from from uh, hexagonal to which the next big tournament which is going to be obviously Confederations Cup, which is what I was saying earlier. I think FMF, uh, even like the media in Mexico, if they feel that the tournament's not good, they're going to be calling for his head, and he could he could have a really good uh, qualifier. Reality is 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 it is it any any loss that he has. Between now and the the World Cup in Russia in two years, they're going to be calling for his head. So that's just I mean, has, you know, there's factions in the Mexican media that has already decided from from the the very first press conference, like this guy, mm-hmm. and they were going to make sure that they were going to be um, in, in the way of any success that he has. But uh, my other question, and then Joel, since you've decided to move the goalpost yet again, is: <laughs> Did he save his job by 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 beating the U.S. at least, or or has he secured his position? No, well, you know, to... we're talking about Mexico, so you know, you know how it is with with Mexico. You you never really have your job secure. What what you do is you extend it. So I think he extended it longer. Hey, how's it going, gentlemen? Good evening. The Cambia Rayas is with us. Juan Uribe, how are you? I'm good, John. I'm I'm good, man. I'm barely finishing uh, getting out of my last practice. Uh, 
training the the future petardos of America. Future petardos. Yeah, did you uh, did you ride them hard? You know what? Nah, it, it's postseason now, so they're you know it's the the training changes. It's not as uh, I mean, it's still intense, but it's not a you know I kind of you know give them a break mentally. So physically, physically, yeah, they train hard, but mentally they get a little. <clears throat> Well, as a coach, uh, what were your impressions of the of the win that Mexico had over the U.S. on Friday? Um, well, you know, I I, I thought that uh, I thought that uh, that Osorio kind of messed up um, going with Reyes. You know, I I I kind of expected him to Rafa, but to start Rafa, but even when you see him in there, you're still kind of surprised because, you know, like, like many people say, he's kind of, he's up there in age and you don't know, you know, how, how long his legs are going to last for him to keep playing. Um, but I think, uh, I think uh, what I, what I think happened there is, is Jurgen Klinsmann, he, he tactics um, and that, that, you know, they, they try to go toe to toe with Mexico. And in fact, I think he went on record. Uh, saying this much, and then uh, once they once he saw that they were getting uh, what's that word mopped mopped all over the floor, uh, he, and he gave up a goal. He decided to change things up, and and I think uh, Mexico they didn't they they you know their the polvora was mojada. You know I think they should have put in like three four chances uh, away in those first twenty minutes of you know. But I guess. Tip of the hat to Howard, right? He had a, he did a job, but yeah, man. I think I think bottom line is Osorio kind of gambled with the result. You know, he had a he had a tie, and then he kind of just he could have brought in a different player, and he brought in Chucky to 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 kind of just look for that, uh, as they say, latigazo, that long ball, um, that that direct threat that that Chucky provides, and, and you know, it's a little bit of luck, but obviously you you. You, you create the circumstances for this luck, right? Luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. You're exactly correct. That's, that sounds like U.S. national team fan talk. Does John Wooden? Well, 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 wait, are you accusing me of being a U.S. national team fan? No, no, I'm saying that U.S. national team fan. Uh, okay, all right, Beto. <laughs> you should have said that to my face uh, last week when you were here, man. <laughs> you're, you're yelling at 12-year-old kids when you're sort of intimidating over there. <laughs> no, see, see my, my point is that Rafa came off of a set piece. The U.S. fans right now and how they feel about their team? <laughs> Actually, I do know exactly how they feel. I was feeling like that um, in June. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do know what they feel like. Yeah. Like 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 uh, Chepo at Santos right now. Is that how? Is that? Is it what are you talking about? We're fresh <laughs> off a two zero win, dude. One game winning streak, baby. Oh. oh okay. How many games? One game. Oh yeah. <laughs> Got to start somewhere, man. <laughs> exactly. Don't let Fernando hear that you're on one game winning streak. Oh, I heard okay, it. so so did did uh, did Osorio save his job then by winning this game? Is he is is he safe 
through the, at, at least, uh, or, or are they going to look at his situation on a game by game basis? Does he have a buyout clause on his contract? That uh, I'm not sure, but uh, I don't think that, that that's ever stopped anybody from getting fired before. No, no, I, no. I'm thinking that he leaves, that he doesn't see out. His, I, I think because uh, that guy's goal is to coach in Europe, man. I think if if he if he qualifies Mexico and if he does, he manages the situation as well. He's gonna he might get picked up before the World Cup. Hey, but he's on record for saying that he wants to coach at a World Cup. Not to mention his stock. His stock isn't the highest right now. I mean, this win was good, but um, if I were an employer, um, and you're and you're measuring his body of work, he still has to do a whole lot more to. to I at least I would at least I think. I mean, as far as the Mexico job is concerned, I think. I mean, the only way I could see him. Getting fired is if he completely flops in Confederations Cup, or or if the wheels completely fall off in qualifying, which I don't see either happening. So I personally think that there's a, now a strong chance that he's going to make it to Russia, unless he were to bail for some reason. Um, but I, I think this uh, this win absolutely secured his spot. He has that. Uh, he has that uh, that run with Atletico Nacional in the Colombian league. Um, where they, they pretty much dominated the league, and I think that the Atletico Nacional recently won uh, Copa Libertadores, and you know, I mean, it's based off the the, the team that he built. And uh, at Sao Paulo, he was, you know, they, the the management didn't want him to leave. You know, he his stock is actually pretty strong. It's just, you know, it's, it's just in a certain circle of fans and Mexican media, you know, because they're they're, you know, they I'm just the, saying. I'm, I, I just I think I, I just think that loss hurt him a lot. Well, you know, you know what I said. It, it definitely did. But I mean, look, man, it's it's one game. How do you measure? Would you measure a coach's body of work based off one game, or yes, or you know everything that you've seen? And and I think uh, well, well, it depends on the game. It depends on the circumstance. Whatever political capital he had with. With fans, with everything, he lost ninety percent of it, and 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 you know this this win against the U.S. was good way a good way to get it back. I, I think you know if if he would have won tonight, if he would have won tonight in Panama, which we'll talk about here in a second, then it would it would have it would have really 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 helped. But I mean, just you know the immediate reaction that I at least that I uh, noticed from folks that were that were chatting was oh you know. Here we go again. It's it's the same old same old stuff with this guy. You know, again, it's uh, you know he, you know the, the the kind of guy that uh, he's like a train wreck waiting to happen. Seems to be waiting. Yeah, seems to be wanting to see the train wreck. At least that's that's my. I I think that's uh, how we see. That, you know, they love to they love to anoint. You know. They also have their anointing oil ready, but then they got the they're ready to tear you down too. So, I mean, but look, just from my perspective, what what I've analyzed, uh, you know, based on how he prepared for the games, you know, his moves they make sense based on the way he wants the team to play. 
So I think if any any club in Europe is looking for a manager to build to build a, a team that plays a certain way, um, that brings in youth players, uh, builds them up, and and you know builds kind of like for the long term. This is this is the type of guy they would they would go after because um, you know we, we're not talking about the game, but let's talk about how many points he's gotten out of the hex. Uh, you know, so far out of two games, he's got a two point average. After you know, the uh, after the game today, he, in the press conference, he did say he wants to go undefeated through the rest of the hex games. So he, um, that, he's like, he does have a plan to continue on coaching the team and everything, and and that's a sort of ego egotistical statement, which I think is what. See, that's did. what cracks me up about 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 you, about, about this. <laughs> okay, so Hugo Sanchez says, "I want to win the World Cup," and people say, "Oh my God, he's crazy! There's no way, you know, this is Mexico. There's no way it's going to happen." You know, how how dare Hugo say that well, he wants to win the World Cup? Well, does he not know that. who he coaches? And then Miguel Herrera says it all. Oh, Miguel Herrera wants to win the world. That's fantastic. I'm so happy for Miguel. <laughs> Those are two different so, things. I'm basing it off of previous self-promoting statements and actions that he's taken, such as the blue and red pen, all this other type of stuff, like his philosophy. Well, did he say it in blue or did he say it in red? <laughs> just, putting him in his, just putting him in his socks? What? What is that? It's like, look at me. I'm a I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm doing. And then he comes out after the chance. We need to have a plan B. He didn't have a plan B. All of a sudden, plan B is some type of new invention. So, I think, if anything, that's admitting that he was cocky and that he was wrong for for for, think, for doing that. Yeah. It's a humbling experience. It certainly was. <laughs> well, but, but, I mean, but what, what would you rather have your coach say? Well, you know what? I want to just I want to just get by in the, in the hexagonal and hope that I don't have to go to the repechaje. He could say, "I'm taking it one, one, one game at a time. My next opponent is whoever, and that's who we're concentrating on." Google, Google is a different story. Because I think, I think, I think part of the difference, though, is is that is that Osorio is trying to build the team up as well. Psychologically, like by publicly saying, "Like, no, man, we're 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 good." Maybe that's advice he took from that psychological uh, therapist, M- doctor. Maybe. Maybe a little public ball washing, maybe will they think will go a long way with with improving their psyche. Well, you know, it's interesting y'all mentioned the uh, the head shrinker because uh, to a man, it seemed like every Mexican player, at least after the U.S. game, was talking about how new beginning this, new beginning that. It's a new beginning. We're gonna have a new beginning. Everything everything starts from everything starts fresh. We're gonna start from scratch. It's all new, 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 new. It was it was like I was buying a new and improved. Uh, you know, it was. Uh, it seemed like that was the message that the head shrinker was was trying to get across. Is the boys? It's 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 We're going to start all over again. Felt to to to, to use that mantra as as you go forward, particularly when you walk through the tsunami. You know, so it's. Hey, now keep in mind, uh, Mexico is, is this guy going to make that much of a difference? Hey, hey, John. Uh... Uh, uh, under Osorio, now Osorio didn't start it, but he continued it. Mexico had the longest uh, undefeated streak, right, in, in international football. Like for, I mean, how long was the streak? How many months was it? Or was it? It, it was the longest one. Uh, the resident, please, please, in. Don't no. fill us in. I don't, I don't we know. We do have. 
just before losing connection. Hello. Christian Farias on the, on the chat says that if he loses at the Azteca, and then frankly, he's probably right. I don't know. Seems to be the, uh, for any, at least in the past 15 years, if a coach loses at the Azteca, he's gone soon after. It happened to Hugo, it happened to, so then it happened to uh, Ojitos. Well, Bora, he didn't lose, but he tied two games. And that's all it took. And he already had the team qualified. Yeah, How boring. dare he? he different times, though. They're not going to fire They're not going to fire times, a couple games. Different times, same people. Look, I'm just, saying, I'm just saying they didn't fire him when they really should, probably could have, you know. So, I, I, it'd be, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them, of course, because God knows they're capable of anything, but. Wait, you mean Osorio? They, they didn't fire him when they could have? But, I mean, yeah. that's part of that reason was that big mess that the Federation created. They burned through, like, five coaches in one cycle. Right. That's and, another reason why, you know, and, why and, and it'd be silly for them to get to fire him just because he lost at Azteca. I mean, hey, at this uh, point, but, like, if 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 qualifying is the ultimate goal and, and and actually qualifying comfortably is the goal, then he's well on his way. I think if they're if they're comfortably qualifying and he happens to drop, uh, actually even gets a loss, I think his job would still be okay, assuming qualifying is still like. No, but but just the way that we've seen how. How FMF operates, if, even if you have qualification, they could still fire you if they feel that the team's not playing to their standards or there's another coach. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I just, I personally, play better. I hear what you're you saying. Know? I just personally don't think that they're going to go in that route because the route that they typically take, they didn't already. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm like, no, but I'm that... telling you why they didn't because <coughs> they had gone through so many coaches that, you can't keep doing it. Well, that's what I'm saying. Nothing's gonna, that's not going to change. They're going to have a hard time in three months' time. Hey, that's not going to change in three months' time. It's still, it's still, you're still talking. It's still the same scenario. You're still looking bad. It's still another coach. I think. The no, let's talk about that for, that for a second. Hey, hey, FMF hey, in, in the summer gives us the song and dance that how Copa America, Giovanni de. Want to come to Copa America? Yet somehow they're 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 able to play in Columbus, and it was pretty obvious to me. I don't know if it was obvious to y'all that, that with both Vela and Giovanni on the pitch, that, that Mexico was a completely different team. They were a more confident team. They they had a better understanding with one, not just those two guys, but just but, but the entire team had better understanding with one another. They just looked. They were obviously more dangerous. So at, at at what point does uh, does FMF say you know what you know these guys are our players let's just you know you know we gotta we gotta ride this you know, we 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 gotta ride these guys as as uh, as, as, as as long as or as, as far as they'll take as far as they'll take us. Hey because... John, uh, remember that remember that Piojo he had Gio he had uh, uh, Jonah he had Vela they were they were playing for him they were showing up for him. And they still, you know, once he got to Gold Cup and the team wasn't looking impressive or to some people, they they used the Martignoli excuse to, to fire Piojo, you know. But really, 
Yeah, yeah but let's let's talk about that gold cup. Okay, so that gold cup was in was in early July, right? Early, early to late July. So so all those guys you just mentioned hadn't been playing for what two months. Yeah. So how how, how do your kids look when they have a when they have a two month break? Are, oh, are, they, are they in mid season form? I'm not yeah, I'm asking. I'm just curious. Yeah, it depends on the training, but if they're coming back from a from a long vacation, you know, it's gonna it's gonna take them a, a couple of weeks to get back on, on on track. And I'm not saying the it was justified. I'm just saying how the you know, just like Jolie mentioned that how the FMF operates when they when they got an agenda, they're gonna you know they're gonna bully it through however they however they can. No, I mean I understand that, but it just. I mean, and, you know, to 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 to, to Hoan's point, I mean, the FMF, I mean, they they are their own worst enemy, and you know, you know, you know, the, the, this was the first time, at least since I've been, you know, really paying attention, you know, for the past or so, where I mean, a lot of the decisions, I mean, just the logistical decisions that they made, you know, you know, for the you just were were what should have been happening. I mean, why? If you if if you have a base of European players, fly to Mexico first, and then go to you know, you know then go to wherever does you need to go. Because they, they got to film some commercials, man. That's well, okay. Hey, we got a caller. Film commercials anywhere. We have a caller. We got a caller on the line. Well, see, this is exciting. Who, 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 who has joined us on the line, kind sir, or Adam? Yes. I'm sorry? This is Christian Farias. Christian Farias, how are you, sir? Good, good. How are you guys doing? We're doing very well. Have you, uh, have you had a – did you enjoy the game on Friday night, Christian? I didn't. I definitely enjoyed it, man. I mean, obviously the second half was a little bit on the uh, on the more stressful side, but you know, at the end of the day, you win however you can, and Rafa pulled it off for us. And uh, Christian, where, where where do you live? I live over in the Bay Area, over uh, in between San Jose and San Francisco, California. Or somewhere like that. I'm sorry. Ed. Like in Lapidus or, 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 or Mountain View, Berlin game, one of those? Yeah, I'm over in uh, Palo Alto. Oh, ooh, Palo Alto. Get fancy, Christian. Yeah, living in the middle of Silicon. Well, you've just, uh, you've just uh, upgraded the Q factor of our show by about 3%. Uh, dude, no, trust me. Dude. I'm, I'm garbage, man. I grew up in the hood of a town called Redwood City, man. So. <laughs> Just because I actually had a halfway decent gig doesn't mean I'm I'm any good. But yeah, man, oh, I've been you listening. Should, you should sell yourself short. Yeah. You're 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 somewhat good. That's on Dan and and uh, Pern, Joel, Joel, rather. Hello. And you're Trust me, I've had some of those chats, and want to let you guys know. I'm gonna keep listening. Keep trying to plug you guys with some of my friends, and uh, keep it up. You guys are getting better and better each week. All right, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Kind words from, from Palo Alto, California. 
Appreciate the call, Christian, calling in to let us know that uh, didn't enjoy, you know, like you said, you know, you, especially away, you went como sea, and that's exactly what Mexico did, even though. If, uh, hey, Christian, you don't mind me, you don't mind me asking a quick question? Um, what, do you think this win was historic in nature? Oh, man. I guess on, 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 pa on paper, yeah just because we hadn't done it in a long time or we hadn't won in the U S in a while. And did we have, have we won in Columbus before? I don't remember. We never I guess won in or even scored as over it. I think it's a good win. It got us off to a good start. Uh, three points to, to, to kick off in the U S away for us. So I think it was a great win. The draw, I don't have an issue with that either. As ugly as that game was, it was four away points. Puts us in good position for when we're home to get, to get some more points, right? Absolutely. No, I totally understand. I think this a very measured response by Christian. Yeah, this was unprecedented. <laughs> I, we, I agree with I, you. I, I coach soccer. I think I, I was mentioning it with uh, with Joel and, and Beto. A little bit of coaching out here, and you you kind of got to have a measured uh, reaction to a lot of this stuff, man. Because uh, stuff could just turn around on you real quick, right? One, I for example. <laughs> Hey, I would love to play poker with you, man. <laughs> I do. I think I've only played poker twice in my life, man. I'm yeah, a black. Man. Nice, very nice. And what? So, what do you think about the implosion of the the U.S. national team? You know what? It's the, the rivalry is always a lot more fun when they're competitive with us. But something about this one made me smile, man. Every time I look at you, <laughs> I want to punch him. No. I totally yeah, agree. Usually those Telemundo updates are, aren't exactly something you look forward to, but yeah. Se mueve el marcador en San Jose. Atención. I mean, you guys got to agree with me. This guy's got a punchable face, doesn't he? Yeah. Who's that? Or feelings by Jurgen because he was such and you know just uh, I mean he he played with so much joy and enthusiasm that uh, you know as, as a coach I mean obviously he he coaches uh, the U.S. and you know there's all that but I mean I just I almost kind of want to want to I I feel for the guy a little bit just uh, but. I kind of feel like he sold the U.S. a bill of goods, and he hasn't been able to deliver. So, yeah, no, this one has historical perspective. So the U.S. in terms of, stuff, but luckily for him, well, I don't know. After this one, he may actually get some pressure here. But you know, the U.S. historically, their coaches don't get a whole lot of pressure. The, the, the media is not as harsh on them as as uh, well, the, media, the media puts no pressure on. You know, Grant Wall and some other guy is gonna. You know, I'm sure they're going to write some, you know, they'll write an article as you're going to a little bit. And that's all, and and, and that's, that's all it's going to be. Now, now, hey, guys, come on. Let's be honest. They, you know, he maybe maybe Jurgen gets a little chafe, you know, from uh, from them slobbering all over, you know. Uh-huh. What? Let's, put think, this, let's put this one into a historical perspective. So the U.S. hadn't beaten, hadn't lost to Mexico in a qualifier since 1972. It uh, 
Come on, the uh, qualifiers for 1978 and 1982, where Mexico won at home but tied in the U.S. And then they uh, actually they lost in the U.S. in 1980, and and, uh, and then they didn't play qualifiers again up until 1997. So they had a 17-year hole each other for qualifiers at all, and then since that time, uh, you know, obviously Mexico had one in, in, in the U.S. either, but. Uh, Part of the story, but but they have played each other eight times, and eight eight, eight times, which is a crazy number, eight times since two thousand nine in official matches. Five of those, and only lost twice, and they tied once. Four of those matches were in the U.S. So, just a little historical perspective about the about the rivalry. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, you put into perspective, you definitely, uh, there, there is a historic, uh, I guess, uh, it is a little bit on the historic side. Oh, I, to be honest with you, part of me was a little bit more impressed getting out of San Pedro Sula, uh, with the win uh, in the last round of, uh, of qualifying. Do we always seem so damn shaken over there? Well, I mean, look at the way the next. Go play tonight. I mean, that's you know, it's a good a good segue for us to talk about the tonight's game. I didn't get to watch the first half because I was uh, working my basketball game, but I was I was telling Chiki that I was watching a little stat cast, and it kept saying, you know, Panama had like ten shots on goal, and Mexico didn't have any. Only one of those were were, were on target for Panama, but uh, and then and then when I did watch the second half, I mean, I mean, both teams looked like they were going to be pretty happy with 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 just getting the point. Like like neither team was going to. Exert themselves now. I'm, I'm. I'll be the first to admit. I, I wasn't expecting much from this game because such an emotional game. The Mexico, you know, that had played up in Columbus, travel. I mean, that's what'd be like another four hours in Mexico City, and then another two. So it'd be like a seven, eight hour trip down to Panama to play this game where where the the weather couldn't be any more different than it was in Columbus. You know, Columbus it was cold and windy. And then you get to Panama where it's hot and unbelievably humid and the field conditions are terrible. It was, you know, um, the, it was raining, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Was, uh, the field was all messed up, man. Somebody, somebody, uh, I saw somebody write that down. I don't know if it was on big soccer or, uh, or, uh, somewhere else, but, uh, somebody had mentioned it looked like it, it was worse than the, uh, a Muni golf course. That had been rained on, so that'd probably be a good analogy of how the field was. Yeah, there was a yeah, time. So, so there were all those things that was was perfectly happy. To say, you know what? Them score, but we're not going to go. I mean, we're not going to you know attack in numbers like we did up in the U.S. We're just going to throw a couple guys ahead, and if if we get one, great. If not, out of here. Let's go back to our clubs, and you know, and then we'll we'll do this again back in March. And they just wanted to get the f out of there. Hey, you know, and you know I, what? Um, I only saw I saw the first twenty minutes, John. Uh-huh. What I noticed is that Panama brought out what uh, their achas, and they had them sharp, man. They were they were going after these Mexican players. I saw um, Marco Fabian get dropped uh, with a shot to the knee. Luckily, it didn't. You know, he was in the air when it connected, so it wasn't a clean, clean hit. Um, I was watching the Twitter feed, and I guess he. Raul Jimenez got kicked in his stomach or pleaded in his stomach or something, and 
I guess there was another one where Jonathan Dos Santos got punched. That sounds like just like a typical Dos, Dos Alonso football podcast to me. No big deal. No, actually, that's uh, that's funny you mentioned that because that was the one thing I did notice was uh, the Lone Stack has also had fouls, and it said fouls Panama like nine, Mexico two. Uh, obviously, the strategy was intimidate. But I think early on in that uh, in that first half, even even we got away with one, right? Uh, if I remember correctly, uh, Jonathan, I think nailed some. Uh, Panamanian player and actually maybe well, Chicharito know. spent Chicharito spent the most most of the game fouling as well. I mean he he was he was mixing it up. He went through an elbow. Yeah, it, it was it was a rough game. It was a really ugly game. But yeah, I think they they I think they had a they had a match it. And I th- I think the the game was really poorly de- executed by Panama. Like it sounded like they were really dangerous and they're on the attack, but all their, like John said, all their shots were like totally off. Their passes to in danger were totally mis mishit and misplaced. So it was really like they were looked really poor, and it sort of reminded me, like you mentioned, of the Honduras game, uh, Christian, that that team after playing them looked really poor, and we all admitted it. We talked about it. Like that that Honduras is not the Honduras we usually play, and this Panama did not seem like the Panama that we played in the Gold Cup. So. No, well, I, have a, I have a question for Juan. Can't blame the Mexican national team. I mean, you, if those guys are wearing the jerseys, and that's that's the Panamanian team or the Honduran team. So, but yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you on that. Wait, Juan, weren't you saying this this Panama team is the oldest team in the hex? Mm, what I remember you saying was that they're pretty darn good. <laughs> so you, you keep changing the goalposts, Jolie. I remember you saying no. <laughs> This Panama team is uh, is, is is very good. That they won in uh, in San Pedro Sula. And I was saying, I don't know, man. They they got. I know Blas Perez is a pretty old guy, and there's another guy, Felipe Baloy. But I didn't see Felipe Baloy in the starting lineup. I think he did play against uh, the Catrachos, though. How that play? Didn't wasn't didn't he the didn't he score a Chilena goal against five? Uh, no, that was Tejada. I looked that up because Cesar from uh, um, Mexican Soccer Show mentioned that because one guy in Panama tried to do a Chilena, and they said you can't do no uh, Raúl Jiménez goal on us. And actually, the, the in two thousand two thousand five in the qualifiers in Panama, uh, Ramoncito scored a goal, and then uh, and then that dude Tejada scored a Chilena for Panama to tie it up. Right. Hey guys, I'm going to jump off here, let you guys get back in your flow, but I wanted to throw something else at you guys. I don't know if you guys are going to discuss it later on mm-hmm. regarding whether Mexico is going to continue playing at Azteca or, uh, or uh, if you guys think that it'll end up getting moved, uh, moved out of uh, Azteca. So I'll let you guys get going, dude. Keep up the good work. Good hey, talking, guys. Chris, I just Appreciate it, question. man. What did you think of the yeah. – before you jet – uh, what did you think of the chat uh, from the American Outlaws? Why don't you play a clip, John? Uh, I don't have a that clip. Oh, somebody else. Has- <laughs> 
anytime I hear or see those guys, I'm going to remember Joel's, uh, his meme, his McDonald's meme that he made. So, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> all, all those guys deleted their Twitter. I was a bit disappointed. Yeah, they, they could have stemmed behind their own words. I mean... Well, all right, guys. Well, keep keep it up. I'll I'll be back in touch with you guys on on the phone and uh, uh, have fun. Later, all right, man. Thank Thanks for calling, calling, Christian. Hey, peace out, Christian. Hey, guys. Now you in the, in the, start in the drinking. Of those, guys, of those U.S. supporters, you know they were drunk, so maybe now nah, they're you know fuck them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so wait, my advice to you: alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> We've been advocating for a while about uh, the upcoming qualifiers uh, of, of where, the, where, the, where they should be played. My, my stance is that, uh, you know, the Azteca has, uh, has lost its mojo and it needs to get it back. So, you know what? Uh, kind of like Jolie, huh? <laughs> Team. <laughs> you know what? A, a, big, <laughs> a, a big part of it is we have players that that uh, have never even played in Liga MX or have been in Europe so long that they never they don't get that advantage of playing at altitude, uh, of playing in you know in the middle of the day. So they they'll get just as tired as as the rivals. So what you're saying, Jolie, is to field Pumas, uh, America, and Cruz Azul uh, squad, right? Yeah, you mean like they used to? Like they did up until 2010? <laughs> Just I think I'm to Columbus. <clears throat> huh? Where am I left? Remember the first Columbus game, the Mexican team refused to warm up. That way it was freezing. It was freezing too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like twenty yeah. something degrees. Yeah, but if you see the, if, yeah, that's one thing I noticed in this current game that the players weren't even. They were just walking around like whatever. At least that's the impression I got compared to other games where players were wearing gloves, well, I mean, or, or you could just tell they felt very uncomfortable. It's definitely one advantage that they get from playing in Europe. Hey. Chalk one up for global warming. Columbus doesn't get as cold as it used to. <laughs> Let's look up the stats. Let's look up the stats. Well, it also wasn't the better winner because the first one they played was uh, was in February. So, but anyway, um, but but you know that, that's something that you're you, you're right about, Joel. It's something that you know. I think back to the 2009 hex when Vasco took over. And the first thing he did was to put Torrado and Israel Castro as the, as, as the midfielders. And all they did was run up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down Azteca, and they just wore out the other team, just wore them out. And then, you know, they were able to do that for a couple of years through 2011 in the Gold Cup because I went to see them play in Arlington and also in uh, – in Chicago, and they did the same thing. They just wore the other team out. They could not keep up with those guys. Those guys were just, they were just, they were both of just iron lungs, just unbelievable uh, capacity that both those guys had. It just, it was incredible. And, and then you look at the, uh, you know, what happened in, in 2013. 
aside from the fact that everyone had some, they just Mexico just didn't have those guys. They didn't, they didn't have the, the just the tireless worker bees that could that, that could handle doing that kind of laborious uh, and being and and having the physical capacity to do it. I mean, they they would just. I don't know how many times that Mexico would start off strong. They did it against Honduras, where they remember they got the early goal against Panama, and they they couldn't close the games out because they they were they got worn out. The altitude affected affected their their players too. I mean, I th- I think it's it's a little naive to, to think otherwise. I mean, yeah, it, if if you don't play in that, not going to be used to it either. I think it's so. Yeah, I do. I do. I do think it's time to menus and, and play. I mean, I'm saying just discard a stack altogether. But let's, uh, you know, let 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 let's or, or, or go back to Guadalajara once. They're learning how to play there. They're they're learning to bunker and not run like chickens with their heads cut off. Yeah, you know what else? The DF fans they turn on Mexico really easy. Amchilangos. <laughs> Hey, 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 capitalinos, por favor. But I think that goes back into the whole uh, mental aspect. If if it, if they're so frail as as they're being made out to be, then again, that's another reason not to to choose the other venue. Because you're right, they do turn on them quick. If they're not playing pretty, they're they're really quick to start jeering. Hey, remember, hey, hey uh, uh, Dan, remember uh, Marco Fabian did that whole speech. <laughs> Mar- what was that? Mar- Marco Fabian had that speech uh, where the the Guadalajara fans were turning on them. And, you know, <laughs> you, you remember Jolie? No, Jay- yeah, was it before he left to uh, Cruz Azul? Yeah, they tried him out to to, to ask the fans to not uh, jeer them or boo them or oh, yeah. you know use me- use mean words. Well, now, now they're forced. And that, that's what that's what Cheech was doing, man. After the after the U.S. game, they brought up the seven zero, and he was like, um, "You guys think that um, ghosts exist and uh, and fantasmas and all this stuff?" And he was like, you know, just complaining. And uh, John was talking about new beginnings and everything starting new and fresh, um, based off of their their psychological doctor came out with their their mental midgetry. Um, now, now it seems like you know they're they're going off of that, and Chicharito still got rustled in the press conference, and you know, sort of saying that all that's in the past. They're starting something new, and all this, so they shouldn't be planning to fix themselves. You know what, though, that's a that's just something that affects uh, all Mexicans, all, other than that play soccer. That's why Jolie he always goes back to the Argentines and the way they. Fun, you know. I think I think he even wears a, a River Plate jersey. More well, it's funny you mentioned Argentina. Argentina actually took the page out of a uh, out of the Mexico book and decided that they're going to no longer speak to the press, which uh, you know, frankly, is just another way that the Argentines are ripping off the Mexican soccer culture as as they have for years. <laughs> Yeah, and, and the leader in that cause, the leader in that crybaby cause, is uh, Lionel Messi. Now you wouldn't see Cristiano, uh, you know, crying as he's raising the Euro Cup trophy. 
<laughs> you know what? You know what Cristiano does, right? He rips the camera or the microphone out of your hands and throws it into the pond. <laughs> yeah, see, that's manly stuff, man. Plus, he's got. To, to, but, to but, 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 wait, 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 Beto! But he does all this while wearing a flower in his ear. Yep, with no shirt on. <laughs> How long did you stare at the at the Madigan challenge? Oh, I didn't even look at that one. But uh, I thought I'm missing out, my friend. Oh, there's plenty of other Instagram stuff that he's got on there <laughs> to, to look at. But yeah, only, only, only only could do no, a mannequin no. challenge and, and then plug and plug one of his uh, one, one, one of his many products. <laughs> his underwear. Now, now we're finding out who put a, a, a Big Ham's watch picture on the on the on the Facebook. Hey, what seven uh, uh do you have? Excuse me, I I go commando, John. I don't know what this has to do with football. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so Juan Carlos Osorio has has uh, bared the 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 ignominy of being the latest casualty of the of the FMF. So we'll just call it bloodlust. They just they just have to have something, you know. They have to have a sacrifice. And uh, then the next uh, Mexico's next two games are in March, and I want to say they're going to have Honduras at home, and they're Costa Rica. Costa Rica on the road. No, no, Costa Rica and then Honduras Trinidad. On the road. At home and then Trinidad on, on the road. Yeah, unless we were looking at different calendars. <laughs> So they're both at home, both the games. No, 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 no. The Costa Rica one is at home. Trinidad is away. So that's t- Trinidad is the weakest team, right, in the hex so far. Well, apparently it turned it's turning turning out to be the U.S. Apparently, <laughs> they're tied. No points. <laughs> and uh, speaking of the U.S. <laughs> Christian requested that. <laughs> the sad flute. Yeah. Yeah, no, John. Uh, yeah, Mexico will be um, will be hosting Costa Rica, which is March twenty fourth, and the U.S. hosts Honduras. And then on the 28th, uh, Mexico goes to Trinidad and the U.S. travels to Panama. So U.S. will have pretty, have a tough. They have uh, a, 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 a. And then they that, have to get six points out of those. Yeah. And you know what? The Panama game will be tough. Uh, Panama is, is, uh, Panama's first game is against Trinidad. So they could very well get the three points there. Yeah. So I mean, they, I mean, I mean, that 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 is a you you couldn't ask for a bigger duelo de seis puntos than if if the U.S. has Duras, right? Or maybe they just tie on Duras. Let's say they beat them, and then they play in Panama. Who let's just points at that point. Playing against the U.S. that has three in Panama, 
They could end it. They they could end it right there for the U.S. End it. <laughs> There's eight games left to be played in this hex. That's a lot of games to make points. You know. You know what though? Um, I'm arena in the parade. I still think uh, the U.S. overall has more depth than like Honduras, Panama, and Trinidad. So we've seen teams that start off really good. And I'll use Honduras as an example, where there was a, where they pretty much almost had the ticket to the World Cup, and in the like the last three match days, they ended up losing it. Okay. I, I think they could they could weather the storm, John. No, I think I think they can. Well, what I'm saying is is that uh, you know if 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 the U.S. ends up with only Three points with, uh, you know, they're not going to get off. The, you know, history has shown that if hex with, but, yeah. um, but you know, no, but I could see them at least finishing and uh, doing the repechaje. Yeah, well, I mean the repet. I mean, and 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 the. The lucky thing for for whatever Concacaf team that ends up in the repechaje is is that they instead of playing South America they'll be playing Asia, which would be you know the winner between you know the Uzbekistan, you know Vietnam, you know game. So so that they as opposed to playing say Chile, different. Or you know yeah, how it, Mexico was. Who's in the fifth spot for Chile, for for South America right now? Argentina. America will play uh, is yeah, then then they'll play. I, I'm assuming for, for 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 their spot. So New Zealand. Exactly. Hey, one thing on this U.S. team, um, and I don't mean to release the Kraken on, with this comment, but <laughs> the defensive mistakes and errors that they made in uh, in Costa Rica were all from mostly Timmy Chandler and that other uh, tall dude who Brooks. were. Brooks, who are both European, um, not no, not MLS players, so that's sort of interesting that these the defense is just crumbling. They're, they play in the English Premier League, don't they, or, or are they in Germany? No, they play in the Bundesliga. Oh, they play in the Bundesliga. I mean, well, I mean, I mean, Costa Rica in the U.S. fits it's. Uh, I mean the, the score lines. If, if you look back at their last games they've played, there is, is actually pretty. You know, four zero is not out of the norm. Say, so, you know, usually they won like you know three one or whatever it is. You know, so far maybe it's just a maybe we just won more than what they would usually expect. But you know, you uh, know, you know like you, know you guys, it's it's Mexico. Mexico breaking another team. They did it to they did it to France in two thousand ten. They did it to Costa Rica in 2009. Now they did it to the U.S. this year. They broke them. They're broken. I, I did want to comment, though, like on, on Jolie's point about them being the, the deeper team. That's it. Yeah, that's I think that's undoubtedly true. That on talent-wise, they're they're probably two or three right now, but. Mexico was arguably the most talented team last last go around and the wheels fell off and for whatever the reason it did so it's just and hey but they still qualified the, 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 the <laughs> yeah 
the mental the, the mental blow though that that the U.S. took from that game and and the severe blow that they took tonight. I mean, if they keep if they keep Klinsman, they could potentially be losing. Talk about like losing the locker room. They could lose faith in him. And, it's like uh, they were already starting to. We just read some of the comments from the you know the post game comments after the Mexico game, where the uh, I mean like um, Bradley, particularly yeah, I forget what the exact quote. You know, I don't know what the hell the coach. I mean, he, he want, I'm paraphrasing, he wanted, of course. He's like, I don't know what the hell he was. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. Was basically what most of his comments. You mean reference, in reference to the tactics? Yeah, he, yeah. he, he, he asked for he, he asked for clear tactical ideas. Yeah, he called it. He called out Klinsman pretty much with that comment. <laughs> I think he said they have they had no tactical direction in the first half. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to side there with old Yergi on that one. I mean, come on. I mean, he 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 put you guys out. I mean, he specifically, especially the midfielders, to 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 take on Mexico had two essentially two midfielders. They had Hector Herrera and they had Guardado, and that was it. And those two guys, ever they wanted for the first half, whatever they wanted for the first half hour until until Guardado got hurt. They they did whatever they wanted. They weren't challenged at all. And even that first goal that the, the Layun scored was because Giovanni just wanted it more. And it was a deflection. It was a, it was a tiny little deflection. It was it, 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 it was it was more of a of an obstruction. Well, if it wasn't deflected, it would have went straight at the goalie. Huh? Well, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. It went in. Wait, is this is this Jolie talking again? <laughs> Wait, what? Me, me and Jolie are, are uh, holding hands with our muscular arms. <laughs> <laughs> no, but another thing in the game is like in the first half, even with that domination, they were still trouble having trouble getting out from the back. The press that the U.S. was putting on them was causing a little bit of problems. They had to resort to the long ball. Oh, okay. Okay. Is, that, is, that, is that a bad thing to do? Well, just just I'm just looking back at the at the Chile game, and I think there's another game of how easy they would move out work work out from the back against Mexico, and Mexico was pressing, and uh, just with ease they would olay the whole. Right. And Mexico in this game where they were dominating, they had good possession. Still, when they started, when Memo or no, when Talavera started from the back, um, they couldn't get out easily. Sometimes they could. Sometimes they had to. They had to resort to just kicking it out. The the, the difference is Claudio Bravo. He's you know he's really good with his feet. You know, and I don't think uh, Ochoa and Talavera they compare. I mean, look, uh, there's a reason uh, Guardiola. You know, he sent uh, Joe Hart packing to Italy and, and brought in Claudio Bravo. And it's because he's, you know, he's he's a decent shot stopper. You know, he's he's got the all-around goalie skills. Plus, he's he's got the field skills that that you know that that uh, that allows that type of play to happen. Well, it's not the goalie, though. It's the it's the it's the 
it's the center backs and the wingers that don't, they don't move. Like they pass it to one guy and then they don't move to open space. They just stay in the same spot and then, you know, go back to the goalie or, you know, go back to the wing and then go back to the goalie or switch sides. And, uh, they don't work. You're, you're right. You're right. But the goalie facilitates that too. I mean, for example, today, uh, in the 20 minutes that I saw where, uh, Memo Choa, he didn't have any pressure. And even before the center backs could react to, to get open for him, he just bunted it to, you know, you know, like the hot potato, basically. And I think just, it goes, it's just, you know, it starts with your goalies, man, that they're not, that they don't have that. So the, 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 the center backs, they're not used to, to, to playing like that. Yeah, I think today's today's game was totally different. Like John was saying, uh, to me, it looked like Mexico played really conservative. They didn't take risks. They didn't, you know, try risky passes, and they're playing pretty much for the tie. Is what it that tells me. Well, Panama is a team to be respected. I think the the I think the field conditions and the fouling made it made it uh, was a recipe to just to play that route because I mean, all things considered. Get out of there, get the point. Don't get anybody injured. I think that's that's a win, pretty much. I I, I don't blame him. I don't blame the the tactics at all for playing a conservative, considering the I, I agree you couldn't with you, you couldn't even trust how the ball would 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 bounce. Um. So yeah, I I think that that was the the right way to go. Yeah, I don't think if the players want to risk their season in Europe or just starting, would you know, to, to risk a an injury that could sideline them. Yeah, no, no, there's, I mean, there's no question that, that, uh, and, and, you know, obviously the Mexico had a, a, a huge, have a huge emotional letdown from played to this one. And they were overly, overly cautious. And, you know, Panama, for as much as we like to props and, 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 and frankly, they've deserved it. I mean, you know what? See, I, I, I don't be on it. Monterrey. I mean, you know, you think that you know the Panama is like the the greatest uh, Central American team in history, but uh, but you guys are exactly right. I mean, you, you, the, 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 that's a game where you know they they were able to read it in the first five minutes. Man, these guys are coming like like uh, they were going after them. They brought the knives out, and uh, Mexico was 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 perfectly happy get, getting their point and just and just getting getting out. But we're not going to make any kind of effort to try and win it because we, you know we want to we want to walk out of here on our own on our own two legs tonight. <laughs> it's like a cartoon I saw in Medio Tiempo. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. The one with the guy wearing yeah. the Mexican hat. The one pointing out the hypocrisy of Mexican fans. Yeah. <laughs> but proceed. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Mexico's next games they have uh, on the twenty fourth. That's what I said. They have Costa Rica at home, and then on the twenty eighth they have uh, and Tobago on the road, and then in June Mexico has uh, Honduras and the U.S. at home. So bang bang, that's actually really good for Mexico because a week after the Federations Cup, if y'all remember. In the last Confederations Cup, Mexico had three qualifiers, and two of them were on the road. So they went, they went Jamaica, Mexico, and then I'm sure they probably went to like New Jersey or some ridiculous thing to play a Moleto before they went down to Brazil. 
So on top of the fact that uh, playing well, it was compounded with the fact that they uh, that they had a, a just a ridiculous travel schedule, um, and you know, and, and it just added to their you know, the, and, and for some reason they, they they gave them an extra game to play uh, during the uh, Confederate lead in. And and then this year it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. So they're going to have uh, two games at home before they go to before they go over to Russia and start playing those. And, and the one right before the Confed Cup, eleventh of June, is going to be against the USA. Then they'll have uh, so they're going to have three home games in a row. They have Honduras, they have the USA, and then Panama. So conceivably, Mexico could. Could have their uh, if 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 they play well, if it could be that Mexico could have uh, their World Cup wrapped up, the Confederations Cup. Oh, and. I don't think they want to play Honduras on the 10th of October needing, needing to win like they had to do with Costa Rica a couple of years ago. You think they're going to coast, John? You think Osorio is going to coast? You know, it's, it's all going to depend on how they play at home and, uh, I'll be honest with you guys. I was really encouraged with uh, the the first half against the U.S. Not necessarily because oh, it was against the U.S. and this and that. It, it was because of the fact that he that he saw who he had, and and and, and it seemed like he he finally, at least in the U.S. game, finally put players. You know, he, he finally matched the player skills to their position. And that first half, in my opinion, was. The best half Mexico had played since they since the Croatia game. I like that, but I thought they played really well. Unlucky to not just be up four or five nothing. That's that, that's the, the truth. I agree with you. Mexico played fantastic. And that means Couple that a lot of posts. Go ahead. Rotaciones worked. You know, I... but that's the point for the rotaciones. This was him realizing, hey, why am I screwing around with this stupid stuff? Let me put the players in in the position where they're actually, you know, where they actually can succeed. That's what was encouraging about that is the fact that he actually went away from that. Do you think he was forced to do it though? Well, I don't know if he was forced to. I I think what happened was, I think you know, kind of like how you remember when when Miguel Herrera said, "One of my America guys, and I'm going to have." Remember his his first uh, his first midfield before the World Cup was going to be Negro Medina and uh, and Luis Montes and uh, I forget what, and then he's like, well, I just don't know what these because I don't know these guys. I don't know what these European guys can be. And then it took him, you know, all of all of half a practice to go. It's going to be it's going to be Arreda Guardado's my midfielders because they were just so much better. Then he's starting to see that because I mean, uh, he said, well, I was he was hoping to start Raúl Jiménez. The U.S. because he was so because you know, he's tall and blah blah blah. Oh, but that was played. It was when I got I got to play this guy, and it was unfortunate for Mexico that that uh, that Vela's wife or girlfriend or whatever, mama, uh, you know, Grisman. ended up giving birth. Because uh, was that who it was? 
Griezmann? Is that who was that? Is that who gave birth? Is that who? Um, I mean, I mean, he, I mean, he just as much as anybody had just a major influence. I mean, they, they had to be accounted for, and that 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 has always driven me crazy about uh, the, the whole, you know, Bella Jovan and all those guys. Is that they, you know, it's 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 been so nice when we actually have them on the pitch together. But to have those guys on there with Tecatito and Herrera, I mean, there were so many guys that the, 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 that the other team had to know where they were at all times. It was it was like watching the spread offense in football. They spread them out, and and, and the other team they they could not. And is that uh, like because Mexico? Is that like when you, when you watch the Raiders? The Raiders, I mean, no, it, it, pretty much, yeah, that, they, they, exactly. They just you know they 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 they, they spread them out and 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 they force the issue. And it was it was it was beautiful. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, Guardado and Herrera were walking in the midfield because they had, you know, they had 30 yards of space in front of them. It, just, it, it was it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. So that was encouraging. Guardado got hurt, and I think that you're right. I think that there was a tactical mistake by by Osorio. He he, he seems to just really uh, like Diego Reyes. And Diego Reyes is a great player, but I think Diego Reyes needs to to, to get a, a few more. You know, you know, put some put some weight on and just get a few more games in. But 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 uh, to me, like if, if Jonathan would have come in for for Guardado, they would have been able to probably maintain that same level. So that's what I find encouraging about it is that you know, hopefully he'll. And it seemed like he didn't have the quote unquote rotaciones as much. There are a few guys that he rotated and out, but but not as many as he could have. And 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 that to me is very, very encouraging. I think that he finally learned his lesson and said, you know, let's let's let, let let's put in guys that have played together. Have you know any kind of chemistry, and you know that's what we need on a national team, and that's what we saw. So, hey, hey, John, Minando, but I think that it's, it's going to be a, not as let's just say stressful as the last one. Hey, John, yes. you know, you know yes. I get the, I get the feeling I get the feeling that he likes Diego Reyes, but he doesn't trust him because I think Diego Reyes, the way he's been using him. So I feel like about you, Juan. Ca- it's causing him to play because he's not comfortable. You know? Well, I think that, you know, the whole Diego Reyes thing is going to be solved by one guy, and I'm not sure why he didn't get called up, was uh, is our, is our boy uh, Montes. No, but, but he needs a – because he's trying to use him as a fullback, you know? And Diego Reyes, he should probably just throw him as a center back in there, but, like, he doesn't trust him as a center back. So he's – Right, up, which you know? is why, like I said, I think that that that, that, that can all be solved by our boys Cesar Montes, and then they have to worry about calling Diego Reyes up. Yeah, Salcedo, man. Well, Salcedo was terrific. He was terrific, and then he 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 made a stupid mistake, and he paid for it. What the? Throw but, I mean, I mean, I, I I I firmly believe that that Montes and Salcedo are the, are the, are the future the future pairing. Be the pairing now. That better said. Yo, that, that, those mistakes I see them a lot in in the in the in the Jose Luis Real uh, uh, Chivas uh, youth players that uh, came through. They like they, they they just forget about the mental aspect of the game. Where is uh, where is Real Joel? Has, has he reappeared yet? Is he? He's at Toluca. When will he be rehired? I don't think he is, no, John. Maybe, maybe when. Uh, when Chivas goes bankrupt for the third time, and this time uh, 
they owe too much money that Vergara will have to sell the team. <laughs> <laughs> which, which speaking of, uh, Juan had some exciting news. He could go see Chiva games now at Sinopolis. No, that's not what, that's not what it is. What is that? Is that is that? Is it goes Nickelodeon? Do they have to? Is it like a, like on a film strip? <laughs> no, no, it's like a. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's like a luxury, uh, luxury cinema. Yeah, oh, like like the uh, like the ones with the with the reclining chairs and all that. No, they're not gonna. I don't, it doesn't. Say yeah, and table service. But it doesn't. It doesn't say they're gonna show no. theaters. What it says is oh, that in Mexico is a little different than when a table is here. No, no, no. But yeah, but what, what it says is they made a deal to broadcast Chivas games on on Sinopolis internet app. So it's like it's an app that you install on your smart TV, or like you know, like a Blu-ray, you know, or one of those devi- or right. Roku, one of those devices. Um, so they they have an agreement to stream. On- so so a device that even even less even less people people have in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it's a U.S. market, dude. But they, some people must have it because they, you know, like I've seen I've seen bootleg Roku's. Uh, you know, or allegedly they were legit. I don't know, but they had all the streaming channels from Mexico. Is, is that is that the bootleg one? Is it R O Q U instead of R E R R O K U? No, they're like Joe Broken, dude. I don't know. I you know, but, you know what they, this seems to me, John Patadas Delgado. I went, is, I went is, to is Netflix. Turned down. He's yeah, trying to gentrify Chivas. Market is <laughs> <Gentrified>. a, they're <laughs> trying to figure out a way to to because goes into the future for this, but but it's exactly how they want to penetrate the U.S. market. <laughs> just, just getting all the kinks out first, and then when the when the contract is up in the U.S., you know, then if San Chivas will have somehow managed to mend fences, cut a deal, but but they're going to give the give the high hard one to, to Univision and they're going to do their, uh, they're going to do their, their thing here. People. There are more. Speaking, speaking of TV contracts, I think it's official now. Mexican teams not playing in Libertadores for next, <sighs> for next season. Sad. That's that fine. Is so, Libertadores needs us more than they, we need them. Fine. I don't know how on earth if you could say that that's fine for them though. It just I'm just saying they they need the Mexican money more than we need John, do you, do you think they overreacted? Who? The the Federation to to because didn't they pull the team the teams out? Yes they did. Well there was uh the the the, 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 the US calendar. Yeah, they and they felt slighted because they weren't really told about it. They were just so like here. Right. That was a negotiation. It's a it's a disagreement. Negotiations broke down. Yeah, I think it's a it's, they're probably arguing about money because Comebol he they accept the teams but you know, they probably don't give them their fair share of the No, you you know what it was, Juan? Uh they were just renegotiating the contract with uh Fox Sports. So uh, one of the 
one of the rumors was that Televisa was trying to get at least access to the home games. Oh. But but they use the whole calendar thing as an excuse. Yeah, but Fox has the has the uh, for the entire tournament, not not just the games in Mexico, right? No, no, correct, correct. But Televisa supposedly it's a rumor, but the Televisa wanted to at least be able to show uh, the home games. Follow the money. Or follow the money. But but you know I, I don't think yeah. it's I don't think it's permanent. We might see the teams return at some point. Oh, when uh, me when Mexico wins, oh, that's when my world starts hemorrhaging money. They'll 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 they'll, they'll, they'll somehow manage to work something out. <laughs> I agree with that. They they actually will come back and probably. We're 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 gonna be in a better negotiating position. I no, or or another televisora um, gets the rights, and uh, they'll negotiate it to have Mexico presence. So yeah. you know, I think this way it forces the you know, Comebol to better up the terms because you know them changing the rules mid tournament, all that garbage that Mexico can't play. The home game, you know, the, if, when they're in the final in Mexico, that's that's a lot of utter crap, and that needs to change. And they had they had just changed that. Not that I know. Of. No, yeah. you might not they, know they it. Changed but it they they said change it. Huh? If Pern didn't hear about it, it must not be true. No, I, well, I don't know. Just send me a link. But anyways, so it's it's been been played like that for years, and it, if it took this long for them to do that change, if it really did happen, uh, yeah, it's just it's just not right. And so they, yeah, they better. They, I think this puts the the federation in a better position. So I'm glad that they did that. Well, what it means is, is that now when they have that conflict, if they have their, you know, the repechaje and the repesca of the Liguilla and, and, and the semifinal of the Libertadores, you know, then they'll, they'll know where their priorities lie. They don't have to worry about, you know, having to play that, that, that awful semifinal game of the Libertadores hey, anymore. They can, all, I, all I'm seeing right now is that Chivas lost TV money and they lost extra sponsorship money for next season. Oh, well, Chivas, they, they, they just signed a new sponsor. Oh, for the jersey, John, or yeah. for the well, one of those for the, they have the jersey or not? Man, well, you guys, what? <laughs> what is what is that? The 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 the, the site. Oh, caliente! Remember, first people. Hey, you should be you, you should be very well acquainted with that. Uh, when they have that near Tijuana. In Mexicali. What is that? A, a radio station? No, man. No, Caliente, Caliente is the uh, is is the betting parlor that the the Hank the Hank family owns. Oh. Yeah. So technically, Chivas is now owned by Herbal Lifestyle Money and like what is it? Pyramid Scheme Money and <laughs> and drug money now, gambling money. Oh, we're nice. turning. Good job, Hotel. I mean, good job, Joel. Are, are you saying we're that. turning into Monterrey? <laughs> I'm just saying. We're using, the, we're using the Monterrey uh, blueprint of how they would launder money model? for the um, 
Juarez cartel? Is there any club de cuervos? Yeah, and then we could sell it. We could sell it to a beverage company. So, uh, yeah. Yes, so it's going to be caliente, which is weird to me because, I mean, why on earth would a, would a company that owns one team and another one? Well, don't they own, don't they own like, uh, Cholos Tijuana or something like that? They own Cholos, they own, uh, the team in, uh, it hasn't been, uh, they own Dorados. Hey, now, 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 check out this part. What's funny is that they're sponsoring Chivas, they're, they're, they're putting their name in the stadium at a time when the Chivas is not selling seats and, you know, putting people in, in the stadium. At a time when their their home games are are not broadcast on on you know public uh, you know television, so you know it kind of you know Jolie says hey the the, the Chivas internet uh, uh, deal is gonna hurt hurt their viewership here hurt the sponsorships and then here they go adding this new sponsor, um, you know and I guess they're neg- negotiating putting the name on the on the on the. On the jersey too. So to me, that's interesting. I think it's really unfortunate because the jersey looks so good right now. I mean, it's the best uniform they've had in years. Hey man, I think this was a deal package. A more patadas ahogado. She was was like, "Hey, we'll take whatever we can get at this point. We'll sell you both." This is like the social. This is like the social network where where the one kid's going out, you know, buying. You're trying to sell advertising for 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 the website. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, because Libertadores last time, Chivas Libertadores, they had Toyota. Toyota came in to sponsor them just just from the cup, so that was like a lot of extra money they were getting. So I know it's gonna hurt them. That, and it was kind of interesting. I, I didn't really hear Miguel uh, Vergara try to fight to keep. To keep the team, you know, at least at least one more season. Wait, why? I, I couldn't hear you. I said, I asked, uh, do you want Chivas to be hurting financially? Yes, I do. I I, I want. I don't want Bergara. I don't want Bergara's owner. He he has already gone bankrupt twice with the team. Wow. So to me, he's there's a lot of bad dealings he's doing. Uh, hey, it just it doesn't really get talked about. So you know, as as fans, we we don't really care about the business side. We just hear like Pulido or or any any fancy name. Yeah, and, and that was and that was such a good business move uh, getting <laughs> Pulido. <laughs> Which yeah, money, again, money this spent on. Yeah. Dando, uh, the most expensive team in Liga MX. It is. It's not a good thing. Ay, ay, ay. That's, uh, that right there is the traditional cangrejismo right there. Wishing for your own team to be doing bad. Well, not the team, the owner. I want the owner to, to well, sell the if, team. If the owner is doing bad financially, it's going to probably affect the team pretty bad. No, because I think it's no, very. No, you have to sell the team. Yeah, and and yeah, you but know, he's it, gonna be have to force the, to sell the team because you know they're not playing the play. You know what? You know what happens to when a team's doing bad financially? They they don't pay their players. 
all of a sudden they start getting dog points or even probably sent back to Segunda División or even... It, it's not, it doesn't work like that, Pern. I mean, Chivas was already bankrupt twice. Did you even know about it? Before Vergara and Vergara saved them or what? No, with Vergara. With Vergara in the helm. No, I didn't but know. How, how do you think Angelica ended up with half of Omni Life and half of Chivas? It wasn't exactly wedding gift. She put her <laughs> money. She put her money to to you know to help pay pay debts and stuff like that. You don't and know that, that was part of it. You don't what? know that. You don't know that it was it was in real romance, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then just recently with Higuera coming in and Higuera is called has been pretty much controlling the team. He's he came in and it's well documented to. You know, he's an investment banker. He came in to help secure loans to pay off the stadium. So, I mean, you have a team can't, you know, can't afford to pay off the stadium. Had to sell its plane. Had to sell other properties. That that kind of shows you again where where the team is headed. So again, going back to that. So you want them to go bankrupt again? You know, because remember when, when she was been she was been going bankrupt since the eighties, uh, per. Okay, Pernalgas. so with, with uh, <laughs> hey, I take offense you call me Pernalgas. Since you take offense, you get it's, it's the cariño, way. It's the cariño. Way. <laughs> I don't care. I'm kidding. No, so but... when, when was the last time, uh, you know, Vergara had to go bankrupt? Was it just recently, right? That's, yeah, like maybe was a it, year two. Look, and and uh, I think the Chepo era, right? When they no, were doing before. Horrible? No, it was before he came back. It was before the the two De La Torres came back. Uh, but but I'm saying it, yeah, it's you could go all the way back to the '80s, and then around the around the '90s you had the promotora, just that's a big reason the promotora came in, and then they kind of built the team up. But then you know for Bergara to come in, uh, you have to ask yourself why why if you own stock in a team, especially a team like Chivas, why would you sell it so easily? You know, and part of it was because the team owed money. So if you if you were you know, a shareholder, that means you probably had to pay instead of just receiving, you know, receiving fondos on no, no. a monthly basis. Well, well, if they're shareholders, they don't pay. But I don't know, you know, maybe the rules in Mexico are different. No, but I mean like socios, you know. There's... Oh, um, only if they sign, you know, like personally sign to back the loans. Yeah, but this was like in a club, you know, like they were club members. I, I don't think they would. I, don't, I still don't think they would have to pay. I think they just there was no. The team was gonna go bankrupt or something. And no. Have to no, but that's why they have to put money so the team won't go bankrupt. Okay. Well, yeah, like that. Yeah, they have to invest in it. Yeah. So at that point, they they didn't want to be. You know, yeah. they probably got tired of investing all the time. They're probably not getting any returns. So they just sold it to Vergara, who got it. You know, if, if you see how much Chivas got sold for, it was, it was pretty cheap. Well, he, he hustled them too, because didn't he have the deal with uh, with Televisa already negotiated? Sheesh. Uh, yeah, man. See, so it's it's a lot of bad dealing, not just from Vergara, but from a lot of a lot of people that have been with the team for years. But you know what? I mean, look. 
I know you, you get it. <laughs> Damn, double barrel, double barrel, sad flute. It's funny. That's Chivas, man. That, that's why one championship every but, ten but, years. But Joel, that's the, this is this is the year of the Chivas comet. It is. You know what, John? It is. It's going to happen. It's the campeonismo going to happen. It could, but then, John, John, you you, you give me a little bit of hope and then you take it away. How do I uh, take it away? You you told me last week, you gave me that stat where Chivas has not been able to. I was wrong. I was wrong. It it wasn't three points. It It was seven points. Seven points from the top teams? I just know three. Up eight teams, seven points. The three was America. So out of the other six, they only got four points. Which was like just ties. I'm not. Because they I, lost to they lost to Pachuca at home with a man. They up. lost to Pachuca. They lost to Toluca. They lost to uh, they lost to uh, Cholos. Cholos dominated they lose, them pretty they bad. Lose to Cholos. They lost to Necaxa. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if Necaxa would rank up as the, but Tigres. It will be Tigres, Cholos, Pachuca. Um, Tigres. By the way, you know it's amazing to me that, that that you know Necaxa out of the last two teams that they made it up. Necaxa, which was the Leones Negros and and Dorados. I mean, and those guys were they were so terrible. I mean, if they won a game, it was a miracle. And Necaxa is like in fifth place. That was different about them than than the other two. They just have more money to spend on players. Yeah, is their base of the what they had in the, in the ascenso or both? You know, uh, ascenso is not a bad quality league. You know, it's not really that bad as you might say. It's probably maybe closer. Uh, it's a little bit better than the MLS, but it, it's. It's a competitive league, you know, especially after Copa MX. You know, you can see that there's there's quality. Quality, but, but you know, the, other not it translates into in, in, into Liga MX, and you know, like I look at what what Dorados did last time, where they would just team and then brought in. I mean, <laughs> it seemed like a bunch of ex Chivas, and. <laughs> Well, obviously, Necaxa didn't make that mistake. Or actually, uh, Higuera could not make the deals. <laughs> so you, you, you've, you, you, you've cut your colors. You're really not a Chivas fan. Just, just, just to get it away. What? So no, once I, again, you, you have, you have Cambiaraya back. So the, the so this is the second time you've cambiar raya, cambiar raya's padre. How on earth could could you let your son act like this? <laughs> oh man, no man. I'm I'm more admiring Iguera's uh, business acumen. He, he yeah, but you just said that, that he would never make that mistake as, as as in filling a roster full of Chivas players. So it's so obvious that you hate Chivas, and yet. The only reason that, that that you pretend to like them or pretend like you get is, is, is just because you want to you want to get under who skin. It's uh, we see right through it, <laughs> Senator. I'm sorry, but that's your opinion. Uh, I have to digress from that. Uh, I just like I just okay. I think you know, Iguera is transforming the team. Yeah, we get it. We get it, Fernando. 
Uh, no, I'm trying to we know where you stand. <laughs> well, gentlemen, it's getting late. I got an early call tomorrow. So as we wrap it up here tonight, will Mexico qualify before two dates? A home game against Trinidad and then an away game against Panama. Will they have it wrapped up by then? <clears throat> or are we going to? Or is it going to be a sufrir again, like it has been the last two? You know what? John? It's going to depend on the home games, John. That's what I think. Yeah, I agree with that, too. The home games are going to be crucial. Absolutely. Juan, are you moving goalposts? Why? Is that some goalpost that just... <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say that they're qualified. I think, I, you know, the home games are going to be tough if they're at Azteca. They haven't been I know, but what I'm hearing is I wasn't convinced with Columbus and Panama. He has to impress me at Azteca against Costa Rica. Well, I don't say impress me. I just say win to qualify. Well, I'm convinced. Down, you know, I, I would say convinced. You're not convinced enough to think that we're going to get a result against Costa Rica oh. come March 24th. Oh, if it's Costa Rica, yeah, man. But, you know, anything could happen in a game, right? Yeah, I know. You could shoot all day at the goal, like, uh, you know, and lose, lose, uh, you know, lose 5-0 because other teams, they just, they were, they were, they had their day. And then the next time out, you, you beat them, you know, 10-0 and you're like, well, what happened? Well, what changed? Nothing changes. Just, you know, you, 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 they were on it this time and the other team, their luck wasn't there like they were last time. You know? You know, uh, totally agree that doesn't happen to you in your, in your, you know, your public. <laughs> My what? <laughs> your public. I don't, I don't know what that is. Oh, he doesn't play, dude. Oh. Okay. So, back right. to the discussion. Mexico has, they do have the five home games left. How many of those will be played at the, I mean, how many of those should be played at the Azteca and how many will be played at the Azteca? They'll all be playing at the Azteca. You know, you know what? Um, uh, they, they said they were going to talk about it and, and then they haven't mentioned it. So it's looking like maybe after the team is wrapped, once qualification is in the bag, they might just throw a couple games, you know. To me, but, the, the the crucial games are the ones that they have right at the Confed Cup where they have uh, Honduras and the U.S. at home. Bam, bam. If, you know, if, if I were the scheduler of those games, I would play, I would, I would, I would especially play the U.S. in the afternoon. Yeah, I would take the day off. I mean, I'm serious. I mean, why? I mean, every every other team that you play field advantage to an extreme. Why? Why should Mexico? Yeah, but which of our players are used to playing in the afternoon? Well, I mean, everyone. I mean, everyone plays in the afternoon. It's a matter of you know getting the smog going, and uh, you know, just, just, just. I mean, it's not like it's going. Well, actually, that's actually this is the hottest time of year in Mexico. You know, it gets up to like eighty-two. No, but you, if you have like, you have like, like Jonathan, who's never played in those conditions, or 
much less in Mexico. You know, Bella, Gio, those guys, those guys right. never. Which is why, which is why I've said that that the, some of those games they have to move. They have you. You're putting your own your own team at a disadvantage if you play those games in Mexico City, and that's and that's just the reality. People need to you know they need to get over that. I mean, you know, and Guadalajara isn't that much better. Guadalajara is like Denver. It's like it's like a mile high. Miles high. <laughs> it's like Denver. It's like a mile high. Sounds like double entendre. You know, play them and play. You know, there's Monterrey, there's Leon. You know, there's plenty. I mean, and the places where where the fans are rabid. I I personally think Monterrey should 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 become the second home of of, of the national team. Great fans, Monterrey. Which stadium? Which stadium, though, John? At Oof. the Bocino or at the or at the Tamale House? Yeah. <laughs> both. I mean, I mean, but but both have great, great. They both have a great fan base. The Tamalera would be better. Well, well it's prettier. So we should start a, a, a petition to, to get him to, to, to move one of those games there. I think it has seats. It's a beautiful stadium. Ventilation issues aside. I mean, it, it's too bad that Cancun doesn't have a pretty state because I'd say play them there too, you know? Going in June gets a, gets a little toasty. The Atlante, the Atlante home stadium where it gets rained on. Yeah, but that thing is like a like a glorified high school stadium. It's just, it's, it's not a game like of, of a qualifier. Yeah. Stadiums in Mexico that are worthy of qualifiers. Tamarera is definitely one. I think Leon is one, not necessarily because of the stadium, but just because of the crowd. Terrific. It would be terrific at Leon. Well, you you want you want the national team to get booed more? Leon, they wouldn't yeah. get booed at Leon. They they've gotten they they got booed there before. On for the uh, with the Olympic team is that we're talking about? Yeah. Special circumstance. You know, and, and I also I would go to Guadalajara, but I wouldn't I wouldn't play at the Omni Life. I would play at the Jalisco. Yeah, a lot of history. Exactly, a lot of history there. That's where we'll leave it. So, y'all. Uh, All y'all either with me or again. I'm just kidding. No, Gentlemen, I gotta I go. It's a good time running, running a little late, but uh, I guess we'll do this again next week. But I think by this by this time next week, we should have a firm grip on who's going to be in Ligia. If I'm not mistaken, we might actually have some Ligia games next Wednesday, so we might actually have some. Uh, uh, Hopefully we'll get another uh, another super classico because those are always fun. What we hear, oh, how awful it is! 
Things are always against one team. There's a big chance that, that. makes it. Really? <laughs> You're lucky Arabe Unido isn't in the Liga Mix. <laughs> wow. You guys love to talk trash, but they can make it. They have a pretty good chance. To win and like five teams have to lose, right? <laughs> it would be historic a historic event. Hey man, Craig, crazier things have happened. I mean this isn't the guy Mekis, is not like last time there was a prohibitive favorite in the in, in, in the in the in in, in, in the tournament. So well, we'll see. We'll have to stay tuned for this weekend. <clears throat> I mean, my Pumas right now are clinging to the eighth spot, but they have to they have to go to Puebla. Hopefully, they'll they'll take care of business there. Uh, uh, Cholos is in first place. If if things ended today, we would have a Super Clasico four or five matchup. I think the Chi. I think the, I think you know if if you uh, and you see that thing coming toward Earth. I think it's coming. Appearance. I'll pray to El Habit to awaken and be able to score a few goals this weekend. <laughs> Pachuca, America, Guadalajara, Necaxa. Wow. Uh, plays Necaxa? Yeah, Chivas plays Necaxa at nine. Well, there you go. Thank uh, very much for listening here on the Dos Acero Football Podcast. Uh, as always, thanks for you folks that want to chat. Christian and uh, Alan and, and of course for calling in and all our previous editions of the podcast on iTunes. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>